Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. You know, I've, I've found myself praying a very particular and compelling prayer lately. And I don't know if any of you have prayed a prayer similar to me, but I've been praying, God, give me wisdom. I, I, some of you will be aware of, of my journey. Be, being a, a pastor and with my health struggles, there's a lot of stresses and, and a lot of pressure in that world. And, and I, I got to a point of, and still am in a lot of ways, of, of, of being worn out and needing a rest and, and needing to recover. And I was praying, God, give me wisdom in how I, I set my life up, how I build the things in that I need to be able to sustain what I do in the long term. As a church, we're about to embark on one of the, the most significant journeys that we ever, as a group of people, have done in a very, very long time. We're investigating, if you've been around, you know, with the possibility of relocating, of purchasing a new facility or building something new, converting something. We don't know what that looks like yet, but, but in that journey, who knows, as a church, we need wisdom. As a family, we need Wisdom. I, I need wisdom as a father and a husband. Kerry and I need wisdom in our parenting because we've got three of the hardest kids on the planet to raise. <laughs> I take it back, sweetheart. <laughs> They're not in church that often for me to, to get stuck into, so I've got to make the most of it. No, I don't, do I? There's a reason pastors' kids don't stick around in church. It's because of their... But who knows, we need wisdom in our parenting, right? We live in a complex world. The the things that happened when I was younger, very, very different now. A lot of the things that my kids experience, I never had to experience. A lot of the pressures that they face, I never had to face. Thankfully, they don't have to face the same stuff I did. But I need wisdom. So I've been praying for wisdom. And then I stopped and thought, well, that's such a classic Christian thing to do. I need wisdom. God, give me wisdom. We, we do this Christian thing, right, where it's like we need something, so we just say, God, give it to me. We just pray that there'll just be the supernatural download. And there are times where God downloads things and there's, there's direction in that. But a lot of the time I reckon God's like, actually, you've got the capacity to sort this out for yourself. How about you do some work instead of praying to me to do it all all the time? Anyone else like me? I I want the easy way out, right? God, just give it to me. I want patience and give it to me now. (laughs) I don't know how many times I've prayed that prayer over the years. Hasn't happened yet. I'm still waiting on him. I'm getting sick of waiting, God. Okay. (laughs) My guess is that there's not a single person in this room who doesn't need wisdom for something? Do you have a major shift in circumstances on the horizon? Perhaps some of your young people are finishing school at the end of the year and you're kind of working out what's next. What am I going to do for study or work? Or what does that look like? God, what am I going to do? Maybe you've got a, a changing in, in family or financial circumstances. Perhaps like me, you've had some health challenges and you've got to work out how to navigate a pathway forward. Perhaps you're tired. Life's worn you out. 
Perhaps you're struggling as a parent or a spouse and you're needing some wisdom in how to navigate the relational dynamics. Perhaps you found yourself in a place that you just never expected that you would be and you're trying to work out with wisdom, how do I move forward from here? How do I make the changes that I need in my life to get where I need to go? I reckon we all need wisdom. And whatever you need wisdom for in this season and moving forward, I'm inviting you on a journey with me. I've decided that I'm going to put aside the whole just pray about wisdom and God give it to me and actually begin to learn and discover what wisdom is. Because I kind of worked out I don't know as much about it as I thought I did. And I'm going to take charge. And I'm embarking on a journey of discovery and I'd like you to join me. Over the next two weeks I'll look at this and it's something I plan to come back to fairly Frequently, you understand I've got a sabbatical coming up in the month of August. looks a little bit different, so I won't necessarily be preaching this a lot in the short term, but it's something that I want to come back to because I think we could all use a greater deposit of wisdom in our lives. So the title of this series is Proverbial Spin. I decided to start in the place that it makes most sense to begin with in our search for wisdom, the book of Proverbs. A large portion of Proverbs is written by a man named of Solomon who we're told was the wisest person that ever lived. He's responsible for, for large parts of the book. And the book of Proverbs is basically, if you've ever read it, it's a collection of little sayings, of thoughts, of, of, of bite-sized and, and chunks of things that were put together in order to teach young people, that you got lot, really need to listen, how to do life well. But the principles of Proverbs are not just for the young people, they're for us, for all of us in lots of phases of our life. So why do we need wisdom? Well, sometimes we think we know what's going to take place and time proves us to be fools. There was a magazine in 1949 published this quote, computers in the future may weigh no more than one and a half tonnes. The chairman of IBM famously said these words. His name is Thomas Watson. I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. I think I own more than five personally. (laughs) Western Union wrote a memo, memo to their staff in 1876 and said, the telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. This device is inherently of no value to us. How about this one? This concept is interesting and well-formed, but in order to earn better than a C grade, the idea must be feasible. That was written by a Yale University management professor in response to Fred Smith's paper proposing reliable overnight delivery service. Smith went on to found FedEx. H.M. Warner of Warner Brothers famously said in 1927, Who the hell wants to hear actors talk? You want a couple more? Okay, you talked me into it. I'm just glad it'll be Clark Gable who's falling on his face and not Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper said on his decision not to take the leading role in Gone with the Wind. Decker recording in 1962... We don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. 
the Beatles. So we went to Atari and said, hey, we've got this amazing thing. We've even built it with some of your parts. What do you think about funding us? Or look, we'll just give it to you. We just want to do it. Pay our salary, we'll come work for you. And they said no. So then we went to Hewlett Packard and they said, hey, you you haven't even gone through college yet. We don't need you. Steve Jobs from Apple Computers. And perhaps the worst call of all time. In 1899, the commissioner of the US Patents Office said, everything that can be invented has been invented. Sometimes we think we know what the future looks like. We think we know what's next. We think we're across something, but we need wisdom. Proverbs can be handled in two ways as a book. We can preach verse by verse, and if we go through it that way, we'll still be doing this in about five Christmases from now. Or we can recognise that there are some themes, some some things that are carried throughout the book of Proverbs. There's some different ideas that are are linked or or in a group but set in different ways, and and we're probably going to go that way a bit more than the first way. We're going to recognise that there are some things together that, that make sense. So hopefully by now you know that I like faith in action. I, I like a practical step. I like an application. I don't just want to preach the Word of God. We want to apply it in our lives. So here's my challenge to you. Over the next couple of months, few months, depending on how much time you've got, will you read the book of Proverbs? If you did a chapter a day, it would take you 31 days a month. So that, that's, that's the basic. I'd like everyone in the church, my kids included, to consider reading the book of Proverbs. But then I know some of us like to go above and beyond. We're overachievers. We like the gold star and the sticker and the badge and all of that. And so there's a second step. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to read the book of Proverbs. And as I go, I'm going to highlight in particular colours passages that are linked. So if there's a thought about family, it's going to be one colour. If there's a leadership principle, it'll be a different colour. If if there's relationship advice, it'll be a different colour. And as I go through and do that, I'm going to highlight the whole book of Proverbs, the the passages that make sense, in different categories. Now, I'm doing it on my my iPad in an application called YouVersion. It's a Bible app and it makes highlighting really easy. If you don't have that, you can do it online. Uh, Bible Gateway, it's the same people. You can set up an account, it'll record all your highlighting in your notes and you can go through and do that or if you want to go old school just get highlighters or colouring and pencils and use an actual Bible but there's the challenge because I'm, I'm excited and I've never done this before but I'm excited at the end of it to be able to flick through the book of Proverbs and see those things jump out at me and when I, when I want to look at a particular topic I've got all the highlighting of that colour just immediately slapping me in the face So are you ready? Let's get into it this morning. Today I want to frame up what wisdom is and what the Bible teaches us about the topic. I know some of us like to go deeper, that we connect with God in intellectual ways. So for those of you who are wired like that and want a structural overview, pay attention. The rest of you can tune out for a moment or two, glaze over, and we'll get back to you in a minute. The book of Proverbs begins with a preamble. This is verses 1 to 7. It kind of sets up what the whole kind of concept of this book is about, preparing us on how to understand. And then there's a prologue of poems that goes from verse 8 of chapter 1 all the way through to the end of chapter 9. And the prologue sets up two competing ideas. The choice between wisdom 
and folly. And it's written from the perspective of a father trying to teach his sons how to live a wise life. And of those groupings, then sorry, then there are six main groupings of Proverbs. There's the Proverbs of Solomon. There's sayings of the wise one, sayings of the wise two, Proverbs of Solomon two, sayings of Agar, and sayings of Lemuel. And, and lots of you ladies will realise that at the middle of kind of chapter 31, there's this poem about what it looks like to be a woman of wisdom. Proverbs 31, woman. Dictionary.com, an authority on all things words, tells us that, the quality, that, that wisdom is the quality or state of being wise. It says knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action, discernment or insight. So wisdom is not just knowledge. It's knowledge paired with good judgment as to what we should do. It's insight into how we should act. So wisdom is knowledge plus. Knowledge with something else. For those that are taking notes today, and I hope lots of you take notes, here's the foundational thought for the whole series, the foundational verse. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And and all... (coughs) Jeff, could you edit that out? In all you're getting, get understanding. That's what happens when you're up at 2.30 in the morning. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Let me try again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So here's the first key thought for us this morning. Wisdom begins with a choice. The authors of this book are teaching us a foundational truth. Wisdom is where it's at, so get wisdom. I don't know that Proverbs could be any more clear about its intention. Get wisdom. And in getting wisdom, get understanding. If you think about it, it makes sense. Wisdom impacts every area of our life, all our choices, our decisions, our actions, our words, our attitudes. It's the filter by which we run life through. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom and understanding are two different but linked things. When I went to school, there were certain things that were tough for me. I was a solid B student. Any other solid B students in the room? Oh, the rest of you are like awesome. <laughs> C student, okay. Keep going down, Purse. Did you even go to school back then? Was there even such a thing as a school system when you were? Smoking. Smoking, okay. One of the subjects that I really struggled with and from high school through into university was math with statistics. Anybody else have an issue with maths and statistics? Just maths in general. Just school. I, I, I needed maths with statistics as part of my science work. I needed to be able to do research and, and as part of my botany degree, I, I, was, I needed to be able to work out what different plants were and, and all of those kind of things and, and how they grew and distribution stuff. And, and so I needed statistics. And, and what I worked out is I, I could... Take the formula and, and, you know, A equals this and B equals this and D equals this. And if I put them all in in the right way and I do what I'm supposed to do, I'll get an answer out the other end. I worked out that I could do that, but I had no idea how it worked. I'm sorry, Steve, I could not do it. But my, my mate was a bit different. 
My mate Kevin. I'm having lunch with Kevin in a few weeks. Kevin got math. Kevin missed a year of high school. He skipped his first year at university. He has a PhD in applied mathematics from Stanford University. He's worked all over the world in in business modelling and lots of crazy things that I don't even understand. (laughs) Kevin got math. Kevin not only knew how to make the formula work, he knew why it worked. In fact, he knew more about math than his math teacher most of the time. He, He represented New Zealand in mathematics. I mean, I didn't even know there was such a thing, but apparently he was over the world in math competition. Kevin understood mathematics. I wanted to punch him. Wisdom allows us to make the right choices. Understanding allows us to teach others, to raise our kids well, to function in leadership. Wisdom knows that's something. Understanding knows why something. You get that? Wisdom knows that something works or that something should happen, but understanding knows why it should happen, why it works. It knows the mechanics, the how behind things. So in the journey of discovering wisdom, we need to seek understanding as well. And that happens when we ask questions, when we search for answers. If a proverb says a wise person does X, Y, Z, then we need to ask ourselves, why do they do X, Y, Z? How do they do X, Y, Z? Why does X, Y, Z result in A, B, C? As we begin to look and, and for understanding, not just wisdom. So wisdom's entry level. Those that love the gold sticker and the T-shirt that says I was there, you need to go for understanding as well. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4 says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Wisdom is what builds the house. That the people that are responsible for building your house or building this building, they had wisdom. They knew that they put certain things together in a certain way and certain outcomes would be achieved and there'd be levels of safety and all of that kind of thing. It takes wisdom to build a house, but a house or a home is established through understanding. There's a difference between a house and a home. We moved into a house, but we made it our home. And that's wisdom and understanding working side by side. The verse brings out the power of understanding. Does it remind you of some words of Jesus maybe? Matthew chapter 7, 26 and 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. What are you building? Can I be a little bit confrontational this morning? Well, I'm your pastor, so I'm going to be confrontational this morning. I'm going to say it how it is. Here's my second key thought. Many of us build something that seems right instead of something that is right. Many of us build something that seems right instead of something that is right. And I'm sorry if that's a little bit in your face this morning. It's about to get worse. 
I could pull a whole bunch of verses out around that and get stuck into this point this morning, but I don't want to. It's, it's just part of what I want to do, and it's a set-up message, not a go-deep message. So let me say this. It's easy to live our lives in a certain way and convince ourselves that it's right or that everyone else is doing it or society says it's okay, but wisdom and understanding help us to do what is right. And that's a big change. You younger ones that are making decisions about your future, about school and leaving and study and employment, it's easy to do what seems right, but sometimes it may not be right for you. I never had parents help me make a a decision around what I I should study. I knew I was off to university, but no one really coached me through that process. It didn't really happen much back then. And so I just plowed off to university and did what I thought was great at the time with no thought to what I actually wanted to do for a career at the other end of it. And I finished my my science degree and I remember sitting down in the office with the the career advisor at the university who said, well, now you've got a science degree, what are you going to do with it? I was like, well, science? And she's like, well, you could flip burgers. She didn't kind of say it like that, but that was the implication. If you want to do science, you need to do a whole lot more study than what you've done now. And I wasn't prepared to do that. I had other things I wanted to achieve. I wish someone had sat down and and with wisdom and understanding and helped me journey that. And if some of you guys, you're struggling with what to do and all of that, if you want to have a conversation with me at any time, I'll pop my parent hat on and have a chat with you about what that might look like for you and be as helpful as I possibly can. Okay, here's the next insight. I've picked this one for people who like to study the Bible to show how we can get rich insight when we use passages that are linked to gain a richer understanding. What I mean by that is when we don't just pick a verse out and go, well, that's what that verse says and that's what that verse means. When we consider what the whole of Scripture teaches us. Because it's easy to pull a verse out and make it say what we want it to say or mean what we want it to mean. But we need to consider it in context of the whole of Scripture. What is God teaching us as a whole? Because that's when we start to realise whether we're on the right track or the wrong track with how we interpret a verse. There's... An argument or an attitude in the church at the moment that is fueled by a, a lot of modern thinking around heaven and hell and eternity and grace. And look, I don't have time to go into all that today, but at some point I really do want to dig deep into it all. But basically, the, the thinking goes like this The grace of God is so big, I can do whatever I like. If we're not being so spiritual, we'd say, I can do what I want, and don't you tell me what I can and can't do. You know, there's even a basis for that in Scripture. Brace yourself for this verse if you've never heard it before. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. This is Paul speaking. He says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. The context of this passage is in the midst of a section on sexual sin, but it's done in that kind of common narrative that Paul often uses. He presents both sides of the argument. You said this, but I say this. And, and the, the, it's, it's something that, that I do when I'm preparing messages. I stop, well, what are the arguments? What are the, the objections? What are people going to be thinking about the, the stuff that I'm saying? And if I can address those concerns or arguments as I'm going, it saves a, 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 lot, of, a lot of doubt. Paul counters the argument of I can do anything I like with the argument that you should only do what is beneficial. You should only do what is good for you. 
We must not become a slave to anything. And while it's in context of sexual sin, the principle applies so much more broadly than that. It's actually a life principle. Because of the grace of God, the honest truth is we can do a whole lot. There's a lot of things that we can do because grace of God and His mercy upon us is so fantastic. The cross bought and paid for that. But here's a key thought. Wisdom sets boundaries, even if something is not necessarily wrong. Let me show you that from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 13 says, My child, eat honey, for it is good, and the honeycomb is sweet to taste. So here's the advice from Proverbs. Eat honey, it's good for you, and it tastes good. And then one chapter later it says, Do you like honey? Don't eat too much or it'll make you sick. Two things, eat honey, but don't eat too much honey. I can do anything I like, but not everything is good for me. I I can eat honey, but I shouldn't only consume honey. Health and harm can come from the same jar. Benefits and slavery can come from the same action. A glass of red wine is medicinally good for some people, but a bottle every day will lead to problems. Wisdom teaches us restraint. It teaches us the value of healthy parameters and discipline in our lives. When we think about wisdom, we think we need it in the really big decisions of our life. And that's true, but we also need wisdom in the little things. There's a story of an ancient Indian legend of a king who loved chess. Whenever a visitor would come into his palace, he would challenge them to a game of chess. And he was usually victorious. Seldom was this king ever beaten. One day, a travelling sage visited the kingdom and was challenged to a game. To entice him to play, the king said, I will grant you whatever you want if you can beat me. I will give you a wish. Well, it would be a boring story if the sage didn't win. The king was defeated. And to honour his word, he said to the sage, well, what do you want? And the sage says, well, it's quite simple. Just on this chessboard, on square one, I want you to put one grain of rice. And on the next square, put two grains of rice. And just keep doing that. Well, the king thought about that, thought that, that, no worries, bring me a bag of rice. He quickly realised that he was in a world of trouble. Because... One became two, and two became four, and four became eight, and so on. And he quickly realised that it was going to be impossible to meet this request. By the 21st square, there were more than one million grains of rice. By the 31st square, the total would be over one billion, and they're only halfway through the chessboard. The king didn't realise the power of little things added up. Small things can have a big impact in our life. Let's hit another one. Wisdom, this is Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gates. There's a process taking place, a, a word picture that we've been given about this city that, uh, uh, wisdom, sorry, in the streets of the city calling out. Streets, Talk to us about wisdom that enables us to be street smart. 
not gullible, not easily led, not, not taken down a path that we should have known better. Wisdom helps us in those moments of, 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 of being able to make the right kind of decisions. And then it talks about public squares. Well, in context here, public squares were places of business, of, of trade. It's where negotiations happen and, and deals are done. We need wisdom in our, our business endeavours. We need wisdom in the financial decisions we make. We need wisdom when it comes to making the right kind of choices around finances, about our home and our mortgage mortgage and debt and all those kind of things. We need wisdom in those areas. Talks about shouting in the main streets. We can know wisdom in the main pathways of our life, in our family, work, social, education, entertainment. We need wisdom in those areas. And it talks about wisdom at the city gates. Wisdom can help us make the right choices about the things we let into and out of our lives. Yeah, we need wisdom. We all need wisdom. Have you ever said something and immediately regretted that you said what you said? The problem is there are no takebacks. Once you've said it, it's said. Once you've done it, it's done. Wisdom helps us to make the decision before we say those words rather than I'm so sorry I said that afterwards. The damage is done. Wisdom helps us determine what we're going to let out of and into our lives. So here's the key thought around that. Wisdom is available inside and outside, equipping us in our personal internal world and our day-to-day external world. (laughs) Worship team, you can come and join me. I've hit everything I wanted to hit today. So let me wrap this all up this way. You need wisdom. Wisdom is the main thing. Get wisdom. And then I talked about the, the attitude of, oh, I'll just pray and God will give it to me. And, and, but perhaps there's something we can do. And that is true. We, we need to be active. But there's actually a get out of jail free card with this particular thought. And I like that. I like the loophole. I'm like everybody else. If there's an exclusion, if there's a loophole, if I can work it to suit me in some way, I'll do that. You know it's true. James chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 says this. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generally, generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So there is good news for you today. You can ask God. You can make a request of God and say, God, I need wisdom. And we believe that when we ask that, we're not doubting that God can give us wisdom. He's the, he is the God of wisdom. He set this whole thing up. He understands how all this works. We're going to continue to worship in a moment. And my encouragement for you is this. As the team are playing and as we're singing, why don't you think about specific areas of your life where you need the wisdom of God right now? Say, God, I need wisdom. Maybe it's in your family, relationships, health, finances. I don't know what what it is that you're you're dealing with. I know what the stuff I'm dealing with. And my prayer will be, God, give me wisdom in that. Give me wisdom in that situation. I, I don't know how to do this, God. I need your help. And I reckon as we pray those kind of prayers, as we ask God, He'll begin to reveal to us perhaps some of the things that we should be doing. 
some of the gates that need closed, some of the gates that need opened, some of the areas that we need to step into and things that we need to pull back from. Perhaps there's some things that you need to stop doing. Perhaps there's some things that you need to start doing. Wisdom. To God, give us wisdom, I pray. God, as a church, we ask for your wisdom as we move forward from this place. God, as we look at what future church looks like, as we look at what it means to engage our community, to to reach our friends and family and those that we come in contact with, what it means for us to be a shining light in the city of Penrith and beyond. God, give us wisdom. We thank you that we can have that wisdom. We thank you that your word says that when we, we ask of you, you give generously. So God, we pray for a generous deposit of your wisdom. God, help us to get it right as we move forward. God, for those here this morning that need to get it right in their personal world. God, we pray you reveal that to them in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org